I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome into Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III. We are really excited for this new podcast, the main voyage, if you will. I'm Trevor Allen. I'm one of the hosts of this show, but the main attraction, the headliner of this is Utah cornerback Clark Phillips III. Clark, how are you, man? I'm great, Trevor. How are you? I'm doing good. So we're starting up this whole podcast in case people haven't noticed on social media. You announced it on your Twitter handle and also on Instagram, which, by the way, give, give those out to the folks. Clark Phillips the third on both Twitter and Instagram. So there you go. Look up Clark. Follow him if you haven't already. A bright star with University of Utah. So we ended up now. Now that name, image, and likeness is a thing, you can go out and sign deals, right. endorsements, and things like that. You actually chose to partner with us over here at KSL Sports, and you and I are going to be doing a weekly podcast together, Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips. Just talk about what went into you wanting to do that. Great question, Trevor. You know, honestly, I just wanted to do something that, you know, would make an impact on the Utah community, make an impact on the, the kids that are growing up and seeing college football athletes nowadays. And then I want to do something that meant something um, to me. Faith, family, and football are some things that I stand for. And that is your family motto, right? Where That's right. It, it's faith, it's family, it's football, and it's in that order. Um, just talk about, first of all, you know, just kind of your background of how that motto came to be, faith, family, football, just your, you know, upbringing background of of growing up man I'll start with upbringing so upbringing my dad's a pastor not a lot of people know that so faith is you know we don't have a choice when we're you know kids growing up in our household you know it was faith you know we believe in God and we believe God is you know is our savior and you know that without him none of us should exist and so family is second you know and it's really first on our list as well all of those things can be first and so family is super important because without pops and mom little brother little sister none of us are you know important anyway and then football love ball i'm a cornerback i lock down receivers so i love football as well what led you to be a cornerback i know that there's some players that are like man i just want to be a quarterback or i just want to be a running back but did you always say to yourself i want to be a cornerback man great question i actually started off as a running back so i was a running back in pop warner um pretty much all the way until high school my dad told me he's like dang dude this is where you know the game is going spread is you know coming about running backs have less value at the next at the next level it's still valuable but you got to be the best and cornerbacks you can have there's a lot of cornerbacks that are getting drafted now the number i think was 30 something or 20 something cornerbacks inside and outside last draft and so you know my dad was like as soon as i went into high school ninth grade year he was like i'm glad we made this decision man he was like started having me backpedal sixth seventh grade learned how to kind of play a little bit i was like all right you know i think i can do this and he was just like all right you know you're gonna be a corner and so the rest is history so you are the highest rated recruit in utah football history i I say it every single time I, i interview you do you take pride in that man a lot of pride i know it comes with a lot you know a lot of expectations but 
you know, like I always tell you, there's no expectations like the ones I set for myself. And you, you've obviously got your own personal goals, which you're, you're not going to share to the audience because it's something that you want to keep locked down, which is totally right. understandable. But you've also got some high goals for this Utah football team. Yeah. You guys were a pick to finish second in the in the Pac-12 South, according to the media, which, by the way, media doesn't know anything. I just want to say right. that right now. No, we can agree with that. But you and Broughton had some pretty strong words. Both of you thought Rose Bowl, playoff, national yeah. championship. Yeah. That's right. Nah, me and Broughton, you guys know this. I said it. I'm sure he said it a couple of times. We compete every day, and that's just a small piece of the defense. You know, you put guys together like, you know, me and Broaden, and then you put, you know, the, the nine others, and then the whole defense. I mean, our second, third, third, fourth, you know, all of us have that same mindset. And so when you put all those pieces together, it makes something special. And so that's why we all have the utmost confidence about what we're going to do this year. Something that we're going to talk about on this show weekly, which you will be able to find on the KSL Sports app, which is powered by University Federal Credit Union, or at kslsports.com, or wherever you find your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever wherever you guys get your podcast, you'll be able to access Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about football. People want to get a lot of football, but I want to kind of backtrack. So we already talked about a little bit about the game itself, football, how, how you you know were running back at Pop Warner That's right. and now a cornerback at Utah. But just talk about your family. You know, obviously your parents, your, your dad's a pastor. You've also got some siblings. You've also got a brother who's also playing college football. That's right. My little brother, man, he's... Bryce, man, shout out to you, man, for real. He's he's really worked really, really hard over the last couple of years. And, you know, now he's at a smaller school. He's at a JUCO right now. He had a couple of D1 offers. He had a couple of small D, smaller D2 offers. Um, the kid chose to go JUCO because he felt like he was a lot bigger um, than what he was getting offered. And so now he's got, you know, to just play this season and get out where he wants. That dude inspires me every day to keep on working. Now he thinks he's faster than me just because he's taller than me. I, I, I say not, but um, every time I go home, man, he's ready to line it up and race. He's got that competitive spirit that, you know, I feel like everyone has on our defense. Something I always found interesting whenever you'd go home, whether it was for, you know, a week off or, you know, the summer off or whatever it is during your off time with the Utes, you'd always go to a park somewhere and your dad would either put you guys through a workout or you guys would just be working on technique and, you know, getting better because he's also a cornerback. But just talk about the bond first that you have off the field with your brother, but then also him kind of taking the the same path obviously going a little bit different you know in that in that juco route which there's nothing wrong with that but just the fact that you guys both play the same position you both have have that aspiration of playing at a high level yeah but also being brothers man great question this is really really special to me and i don't take it for granted not not one day out of the week and honestly you know we've grown closer as we got older truly um in high school we had a really really close relationship but it was just different, two different grade levels. We only see each other after school and at practice because classes are different and things like that. And so I've really, you know, tried to take to him and really try to help him with his development just because I've seen everything a year before he's seen it, you know. And so that's the blessing in it. I've been able to kind of help guide his process in a way, just kind of just giving him nuggets here and there. Hey, man, I think that you should do this. Hey, I think you should talk to this coach. Hey, I think this is probably where you want to go. This is what you want to do. You know, not telling him what to do, but just giving him kind of my take on things has been really just a blessing. And then he can do the same for me because we're so close in age. It's not like, man, I'm five, ten years older than him. I'm 14 months. We're 14 months apart. So sometimes I don't know some. I'm like, hey, B, what you think, man? His brand name Bryce. So I call him mm-hmm. B. He's like, little B, what you, what you think, man? He's just like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, won't do it. And so it's been special, truly. 
Now, as far as your your parents go, every everyone is is one of these. Obviously, you're really close to both your parents. But were you a mama's boy or a daddy's boy? I have to say, dad. Yeah, I have to say, dad. My brother would happily take mama's boy, and yeah. I always used to tease him because I'm like little B, you know, always always with mommy. But um, nah, my my parents have both been great for me, and I feel like I'm our relationships are probably equal, most likely equal. But um, I feel like I've always kind of been, I've always tried to be hardcore. And so I always take to my dad. Your dad has pushed you, but I think I'm also figuring out, I've, I've actually got a five-year-old Parker, yeah. which you'll you'll probably hear about a lot on this show. But uh, he's, you know, still trying to figure out what he wants to do sports-wise because he's five years old. But yeah. I've also tried to find that balance of not pushing him too hard. That's right. But also hoping that he, he finds the love of the game. That's real. How was your dad able to do that for you? Man, great question. I think that's one of the reasons why you ask you ask a great question because one of the reasons why me and my dad have such a, you know, unique relationship because he was able to kind of find that balance early on. He pushed me, pushed me and my brother, you know, in different ways. He understood what motivated me was different from what motivated Bryce. And he understood, you know, how to, you know, kind of get me to turn up on, you know, to a different level because we were so similar. We have a lot of different similarities, me and my dad. Not just that he's Clark and I'm Clark, but there's so many more that are, you know, beyond the surface. But he was able to just kind of keep me grounded, keep me level-headed, um, and then just keep me motivated. Like, I'd say I can think of specific scenarios, but I remember going, you know, from 6th, 7th, 8th grade, um, preparing myself to go to high school, and he always kept on telling me, hey, man, if you want to play at the next level, you need to learn how to work. And so that's when I kind of developed those habits to kind of be different from anyone, you know, in my class whether it was going from 6th grade to 7th grade, 8th grade to ninth grade, and then it was from high school to college. And now I'm trying to develop my mindset to, hey, let's take over and move on. Next level. Now, is it safe to say to tell our, our listeners here that we will get your dad on this show? Most definitely. He loves it. He loves it. I always tease him because he can find conversation with anyone. We'll go up to a park and it'll be a stranger walking around and I'm like, I'm looking for my dad and he's over there talking to some guy. He's like, yeah, I just met him and you know, they're having a conversation like they've known each other 20 years. So my dad won't mind being on this show, I don't think. I, I know that your dad has uh, has talked to me from time to time, especially last year. He he would DM me whenever I, w- I would write a story about you on KSLsports.com. And, you know, it was always just I could just tell how proud he is of you and all of your accomplishments. But do you do you find a little more being humble by by sharing the same name as him and to being able to carry that? that legacy moving forward that's right no great question I think I think um something that my dad's always kind of told me and my brother is that he wants us to go further than he ever went that was his goal when you know he was our age to go further than his dad went and he feels like he always kind of told us and preached us that every single you know generation has got to improve there's got to be improvement it can't just go it can't go uh, below or it can't it can't be the same as to go you know further and so he's always kind of preached us that hey man be better than I am and I'm like in my head I'm like I don't know how I can be a better dad than you were, man, or, you know, how I can accomplish the things that you accomplished. But, you know, in my respective field, I've always kind of thought, okay, maybe this is where I can do it. And because he was so um, encouraging and motivating my mom as well, you know, in this field of football, I feel like this is my this is my avenue. This is my blessing to the to the world. Something that we're going to get to on this show is is how you ultimately got to Utah. We'll we'll talk about that probably in in our last segment of the show. But just to kind of get the folks out there to get to know Clark Phillips under the helmet guy mm. off the field. We know what you could do on the field. That's right. 
the guy who probably couldn't have asked for a better ending to the 2020 season, that is a pick six against Washington State. On my birthday. Which, by the way, yeah, on your birthday, and keeping a streak alive yeah. for Utah football, 17 straight years of at least one pick six in, in each season, because leading up to that, there was nothing. I'm actually going to ask you just some questions, just quick answers. If your answer is game film or football, that's going to be a wrong answer. I'm going to tell you that right, right now. Let's because I know how, how how you are in that film room. Yeah. I know how you are out on the field and that you eat, sleep, breathe, eat so football. So i got to cross game film and football off the list. Yes. I, can't, I can't use that one. Right. Those are two answers you cannot use. All right? Got it. Okay. Favorite food. Obviously, you can't have football game, as your favorite food, so that's okay. Uh, dang, I can't use game film. All right. Let's go ice cream. Ice cream? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. My mom's going to say, stay away from the sweets. My wife is a cookies and cream. And also, throw a little mint in there. Yeah, I'm a fiend for cookies and cream, Trevor. I'm a fiend for cookies I and think cream. You, I think you you, and my wife would get along just fine. I love that. Um, and then, oh, by the way, I want to give you a shout-out. Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, when I went to Hollywood, you gave me that. that uh, oh, man, that, that hypes me up. I remember sending you that text. I was like, you're in California? Roscoe's, Roscoe's, Roscoe's. I haven't been in so long, but... Um, last time me and the family went, man, we we stuffed ourselves. We couldn't even walk out of there. I tell you what, those, <laughs> those waffles were different, man. So well, for the next time that you go, we got to add a little twist to it. So here's what I do now. I add syrup to my chicken. It sounds crazy, but you got to try it. I did it's, that. Really? Yeah, I Syrup did that. on everything. You got to, man. Just, just fill the plate with syrup, and, and, it, and it looks crazy, but it tastes good. No, no matter what, whenever you have chicken and waffles, whenever it comes out on the plate, yeah. The syrup's going to touch the chicken anyway. Chicken you anyway. might as well yep. just embrace it. See, Trevor, you know you know how I am. Before games, you know, I like to compartmentalize. And, you know, as we approach season, I like to compartmentalize and kind of focus on certain things. My plate's similar to that. I like to kind of separate things. I don't like my chicken touching my waffles, all that different mm-hmm. stuff. But Roscoe's, it really kind of, you know, steered me in a different direction because the first time I tried it, you know, my chicken – was actually touching, you know, the syrup and the waffles and all that stuff, and I just ate it anyways, and it changed my life forever. Now I just dump all the syrup on the on the whole plate. Well, you know, I am going to be traveling to San Diego. I'm going to USC, and I'm also going to Palo Alto for Stanford. Wow. So you're going to need to give me recommendations for San Diego, place. All right. Los Angeles, gotcha. and Palo Alto. That's not a problem, Trevor. We know California. And, and by the way, you end up telling me I was going to Pac-12 Media Day, and you're like, so where's that at? I'm like, it's in Hollywood, and just right off of Hollywood Boulevard, and you're like, well, go go over to Roscoe's. It's like 15 minutes away. I'm like, so I ended up Googling it when I got there. Yeah. It was two blocks from my room. Wow. It was meant to be. It was so meant I to got be. to walk over there and check out the joint. It was yeah. awesome. It was meant to be. I mean, that's crazy. It couldn't have worked out any better. And I would have been, I would have been disappointed if you didn't get to go to Roscoe's. I almost didn't yeah. because the very first night I went over there, it was packed. Like the line was out there and I, I still had work to do. So then the next night after media day was done. I was like, I really don't want to get out and walk and all that stuff because I was standing for 10 hours, yeah, you know, yeah. talking to players and all that. I'm just going to get DoorDash. Yeah. And so I they, they uh, delivered it, and I, I ate it in the comfort of my own room, and it was just as good. Smashed it. You got to do it. Because, by the way, it didn't get cold because it's like two blocks away. Yeah, yeah. So it was Dang, great. that's awesome. So another couple of questions here. All right, favorite drink that's not water? Lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. It doesn't matter as long as it's strawberry my lemonade. It doesn't have to be like a it. brand or whatever. Um, I'd say... The strawberry lemonade at Wendy's is pretty good. Oh, There's, I am a I am yeah, a huge yeah. fan of that. <laughs> the strawberry lemonade at I think Buffalo Wild Wings. There's a couple of different places that have mastered it. Yeah, I'm saying to science. Are you are my, you are you the type that uh, drinks it at, out of a can? No, I'm more yeah, of like it it's got to be over yeah. ice. It's got to you know. My dad actually got me hooked on it because every place we go, man, I tell you, he the strawberry lemonade. He asked first. He's 
uh, is there strawberry lemonade? I'm like, Dad, this is this is a coffee spot. This is a coffee, uh, you know, sit down place or whatever. And so it's 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 hilarious in a way that I kind of discovered strawberry lemonade was something that I kind of fell in love with because of my dad as well. And um, yeah, strawberry lemonade, um, regular lemonade. If it's got lemon in it, I probably like it. All right, favorite TV show, and it can't be film. Man, I don't have one. It's just film. Nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you've you got to watch at least a little bit of TV. I, say, I, I get it. Throughout the whole season, yeah. you know, you're locked in and all yeah. that stuff. You don't have time for film. But you do have an off-season where you do have That's to true. rest That's a little true. bit. That's true. Then we self-scout. We watch our own film. Nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> yeah, that you do yeah. too. But you can only watch so much of that at That's one right. time. That's true. Now, my, my dad and my mom are always both kind of preaching balance. You need to balance. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just do this. Don't just watch film. You need to, you know... So, nah, my favorite TV show is probably the Martin Lawrence show. And really, it's a great show, but really probably my favorite just because of, you know, what I think about when I watch it. I think about, you know, those Saturday evenings when I would watch that with the family, you know, or Sunday, you know, nights after church, you know, day before work, the family would always sit in the living room and we'd watch Martin Lawrence. So it's it's those memories that kind of keeps me tied into whenever I see it on TV or whenever I can watch it on my phone, I, I just kind of smile. And, you know, even though I know, like, pretty much all the shows that I've watched and, you know, they're the same ones because they're not, I don't think, producing them anymore. But they're just, you know, it brings back those good vibes and good memories from when the family would sit there and just watch Martin Lawrence, you know. Something that I want to do on this show, and during the season, it, it'll be a little bit harder to do that. But I want us to give one another a TV show to go watch. Okay. One one that we haven't seen. Okay. And so, have you ever seen The Office? The Office. No, I have. My roommates are always talking about The Office. Are you serious? I'm telling you. Yeah. So Max Cotton, shout out to you. You're going to probably listen to it probably. By the way, Max is a former actor. Yeah, Max is a former actor. That's why he's gotten me into He's. I've watched a couple of his movies or De- one of his. Dennis mo- the Menace Christmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched. And so that dude, I've watched some of his movies and stuff. We watched uh, one of his uh, most prominent movies as, as you know, roommates, like five of us. We all sat there and cried. It was so sad and stuff. <laughs> But uh, that that awesome. that movie was great. I forget what it's called. He's gonna be mad at me when I tell him about this. But um, Ma- uh, Maxwell Cotton, he's watched uh, The Office. Uh, Thomas Yasmin, he's watched The Office. I mean, I think even Makai, he's watched The Office. And then Shintaro, they've they've all watched The Office. Are so, all those guys your roommates? Uh, well, not anymore. Not Shintaro anymore. But uh, yeah, he all of us basically have lived together at some point, and all those guys love The Office. And I'm the only one that you know can't relate to some of the jokes that they throw around the house. You need to watch it. I know. I need to. I just can't sit down. It's hard for me to binge on any show that's not film. It's one of those 20-minute shows. So if I know. It, all the episodes are super short, right? Just Yeah. Just just take a quick break from film to let your mind just relax a little bit. Yeah. Watch one episode of The Office a night. That's all you need to do. One episode. All right. And then... I think I, I might be able to commit to that. And I then got. you'll probably get through the whole season or through through the whole series by the end of, of the college football season. Really? Because I it was I, super long. Well, well, there's like eight seasons, but you know, maybe there's one night where you're just really tired and yeah. just want to just sit and relax. Yeah, you can watch two episodes and be done in forty minutes. Wow. Okay. I'm just I might telling have to take you. you on that. I'm telling everyone you. Everyone talks about the office like it's just the best show ever. So now that you're saying it, Trev, I think I got to go with. It. I got it. I, I mean, gotta, your I your three other teammates who were telling you to watch the yeah, office yeah. didn't resonate with you, but when I tell you to watch it, now I got to watch it. <laughs> if you say it's a good show, I believe. Hey, co-hosts sticking together. That's all that's I got to right. say. That's right. Now, favorite movie. Favorite movie. Dang, that's a good one. That's a good it, one. That can be a actual football movie, but it has to be like a movie with actors and stuff, not. Not you watching, you know, a film on 
on covering a wide receiver for yeah. USC or whatever. <laughs> well, that's a movie too, you know, because, you know, we like to make plays on receivers and we make enough of them. You I got understand a whole movie, that. You know? And, you know, they actually could probably make a movie out of your, your <laughs> pick six against Washington State, but, but we're not at that point yet. Got it, got it. Well, I'd have to go with Taken. All, the whole Taken um, – with sequel or whatever you are you are down the line with my wife she is loves taking it's, one two and three yeah it's just i think liam nelson man he, that dude is just a ridiculously good actor straight He's up just like the the his ability to to just keep i don't know that whole that whole movie man it's just all of them from taking one the first one to taking two how they can keep on you know uh keep him that athletic and that you know fit at that age like it's, it's crazy it's like you would not think that he's gonna be jumping over things you know swimming in that water and then you know beating up 50 guys in one scene you know just to you know save his daughter but no one knows you know what they're gonna do in that situation until you're tested and so i think that just because you know he's always seems like the underdog in those situations and similar to myself in a lot of situations i feel like dang i just love that movie so i can watch it over and over again I'm so like, calm cool and collected even when his daughter's being great taken. description, great description, incredible. Like because like, I would, I'd be freaking out. Yeah, just relax. He's like, here, you know, he's talking to his daughter on the phone, and I just remember, I think there was a scene that, um, the scene that sticks with me most. I forget which taken it was, but um, the I, guy th- I think it was one. Yeah, I yeah. think it was one. The dude was like, you know, good luck, and he remembered that on the tape recorder. He yep. re- he played it in front of the guy and then bashed his face. You know, yeah, that was like the best scene. It was just epic. It was crazy, and it was like. Through the whole time, he you know, it was six guys sitting at a table, and he's just so relaxed. Just He knows that he can take them all out. I'm like, that's ridiculous, and that's where I want to get, you know. All right. Your favorite hobby, or is there a hobby that, that you have? Something I noticed yeah. you ended up taking up was rollerblading. Roll, yep, roller skating. Uh, yeah, man, yeah I, roller skating. I fell, I fell in love with it about eight, nine months ago, man, and me and Makai Bernard, so funny story, we, we both uh, one weekend were kind of sitting at the house and we were just kind of chilling. We're like, dude, we, we kind of do the same thing every weekend. He's like, dude, you go do your yoga, you go work out and stuff. And he's like, I sit here, play the game, not go get my workout. He's, he's like, and then, you know, we're back to workouts, you know, during the week with the team. And he's like, we got to do something different. And so we both kind of landed upon, hey, man, let's go roller skate, you know. Let's see what there is to do in Utah. And so we both kind of sat there and I'm like, all right, let's go roller skating. So we searched up, you know, the local roller skating rink and, we were both the first day just kind of go falling around and stuff and we're looking like these big athletic football players they're thinking we're going to be we're going to be good at skating and we're both falling around you know they're probably like hey don't get injured you know season soon yeah and no so kidding yeah we both because we're both competitive me on my end I was like you know what I told him then I was like I'm going to be the best roller skater to come through here and so you know 6 months later we both have three pair of roller skates and you know he's customized a couple pair and I bought a couple pair online. I customized one pair, and so now we're both serious roller skaters. We haven't been in a while because of fall camp, but man, I tell you, we both love to skate. Are you guys allowed to during during season, or do the coaches say uh, I would just be careful with that? Um, well, we is, have, is there like rules? It's kind for of that? a gray area. Um, I don't think that they would per- permit us to do something like that. They, I mean, I'm sure if we asked, they would probably say, "Hey, heck nah!" Like you guys are too that you know, potential star. Pretty much, pretty much, you guys are going to live in a bubble. Yeah, pretty much. And we really honestly, even if it was allowed, we don't really have the time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk the injury. I'd rather, much rather get a pick six than be sitting up, you know, skating. So I'm like, uh, I wouldn't do it during season or during fall camp, especially not even when the body's feeling good. It's like you don't want to risk anything. I do agree with that. So do you, do you play video games? No, nah, not really. I play a little bit of Madden uh, here and there, but 
it's weird, man. I, I play, you know, a couple of games, and I'm I'm good for, like, months. Like, I'll play, you know, Madden for a little I have a console. My brother let me bring it from the house. Um, That's actually very nice of him. Yeah, yeah. So my first year, I didn't bring it, and then because I wanted to focus, wanted to learn the playbook, all that different stuff. And then when I finally brought it, now I'm like, I don't really play as much. Play every now and again, a weekend or so, and then, you know, I don't – it collects dust for five months, you know, and so – or for three, four months, and then I play it again. So, yeah, I guess I, you could say I play a little bit of video, video games, but it doesn't consume me. Do all the other guys in that house – play video games uh makai is probably the most religious video game player he's, is he is he madden or is he like call of duty is he's he like NBA a 2K? 2k nba 2K? 2k yeah he's like a 2k guy because he thinks he was a former hooper he's not very good <laughs> you can tell him i said this he's not very good he's probably gonna he be can dunk to this. Really, yeah he can he can dunk and stuff just like i can um but he, he can actually that dude's pretty athletic he can 360 dunk he can do all these different things makai is only 5'11 um, he's got long arms yeah. and stuff, but he's he's really, really athletic. Well, but, the running Utes could use a point guard. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know too much about the basketball team, but I'm sure Makai could help. But we need him more in our backfield than we do Absolutely. You know, on that. And we will, we will definitely talk about the football team as they are in the middle of camp. Camp Kyle, as we all like to call it. Do you, do you guys know that it is called Camp Kyle? I saw that, I think. I think I did see that. Kind of a hashtag kind of thing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love Coach Witt. Well, we'll end up talking about Coach Witt, Coach Shaw as, as we go along on this podcast. We're going to go ahead and take a break, pay the bills, but more with Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips when we come back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Back with more Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips. The first episode of a podcast that we hope that you guys will enjoy. I mean, obviously, we're putting a lot of work into this, Clark, taking time out of his very busy schedule to do this with us here on kslsports.com and wherever you guys find your podcasts. And, and Clark, something that I did. Okay, so first off, you know how hard it is to find a podcast name? Man, just, just trying to think and brainstorm with you about a podcast name. I've seen the struggle. And the way that it came about was actually kind of easy, just to kind of give you guys the whole backstory. Finding a podcast name is an absolute pain in the rear. I'm going to say that right now because Clark and I end up getting on a call and we're like, what are we going to call this thing? Yeah. You know, and we're like, uh, I was like, is there like a motto you kind of go by? He's like, I always go by faith, family, football. And I was like, okay, I like that. Let's let you know, see of what, what we can find. The very next morning, I talked to my boss, Nate Dowdle. Shout out to him, by the way, for putting this whole partnership together with you and your team. And I was telling Nate on the phone, I was like, I really want to try and integrate faith, family, and football in this podcast title. He's like, why not just keep it simple, Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips? I was like, I love it. I'm going to call Clark and see if he likes it. And I called you up, and, and you loved it right away. But one of the things he ended up saying, and it's kind of the you know secret, and it's not really a secret, but 
something you do with podcast titles is it's kind of your your message that you're going to talk about weekly. Yeah. So you are obviously a man of faith. You are a family man, and you're a football player. That's right. So we're going to talk about all, all three of those things every single week here on Faith Family Football. And something that I did, I wanted to make this special for you because it's not very often that you launch a new show. This is kind of my co-host gift to you, if you will. Uh, obviously, there, that, obviously, there's there's other things to you know to align here. I reached out to your parents behind your back. Man, why would you do that? I'm <laughs> I I'm hoping that it ends up paying off, and you're not mad at me by the end of this. <laughs> and I I just said, look, I said, pops, I want to get an audio clip of you guys talking about faith, family, football, and launching the show, and and I'm gonna play it. And Clark's going to hear it for the first time on this show. So I'm going to play it for you. Do you want to go with mom or dad first? Let's go with mom. All right, mom first. first. All right, here is Clark's mom. Faith to us just means having the ability to believe in what we can't see in spite of what's going on around us. Having faith allows us to love our families unconditionally and be passionate about our spiritual gifts. Most importantly, not take anything for granted being fortunate to play a sport that he loves at a higher level, Clark is able to live out his dream. Having the faith that his hard work, resilience, dedication, and passion will make a way for him is why he does what he does. Wow. Love you, Mom. You know how much faith means to us as a family, to me, and, you know, you guys have really instilled that in me since the moment I was born. Uh, growing up with you guys was amazing. I just can't wait to continue to show my light you know and show my faith to this world all right are you ready to hear from dad let's do it pops here's pops so faith family of football with clark man i think that's a dope topic i think it's an incredible opportunity for clark um, to extend his platform and you know faith has been a huge part of our family um and i think it's been a big part of clark's development and his perspective and his values you know family's everything to us Um, we're a close-knit family we try to model that uh, and what family really is to Clark and to his siblings with hopes that it would translate, you know, to their lives as they grow. And even to sports, you know, I think one of the principles that's transferable to team sports is family. You know, the honesty, the commitment, the sacrifice are all ingredients, you know, of a family. And I think of, of a great team as well. And, you know, we love football as a family. Football has been a part of Clark's life growing up. You know, I think the incredible opportunity to experience ups and downs and, you know, the testing of your discipline and your mettle and your character or really the revelation of your character, you know, all uh, is on display in the game of football. You know, faith, family and football have no doubt been a super you know, important part of Clark's life. And we love the opportunity to support him, you know, in his journey with the Utes and and continue to uh, live out these principles. Go Utes. Wow. Thanks, Dad. And I'm just so appreciative for both my mom and my dad. And thank you, Trevor, for including my mom and my dad on this. And you know how much family means to us. It's in our title, Faith, Family, and Football. And so just the fact that they were able to kind of give their take. And I'm sure you can hear the resemblance in their voices and their perspective and, and, you know, the way that I talk about Faith, Family, and Football. My dad literally, literally speaks the words that I can't express into, you know, basically it just shows you, you know, how close we were and how close we are, my mom and my dad you know, and how they really kind of help form and shape my perspective on everything. I'm just thankful for them. I was texting your dad when he sent me those, those audio files. And after I, I listened to your mom's, I was like, that is incredible. I said, I hope she's not gunning for my job. <laughs> and he, my mom is a bright woman. She's taught me, shoot, everything that I know, man. And, 
she's always kind of been that one-two punch with my dad. My dad, you know, he'll, I know if I come to them, you know, with a question or something, or they come to me, you know, with a lecture, so I'm always teasing. They always, I'm like, ah, oh, free lecture, me and my brother, oh, free lecture, here it comes. <laughs> I know that my, my dad's either got the words or my mom's got the backup or my mom's got the words or my dad's got the backup. And just the, their ability to kind of, you know, work together as a, as a duo, as a team is, is amazing. And it's what I aspire, you know, to have my future wife. So once I told your dad, I, I hope that she doesn't come for my job. He said, she doesn't like talking, but she'll do anything for Clark. Wow. And that's, that's true. So, that's true. so the fact that she's willing to record and know that this clip is going to be played to all of our audience and, you know, for someone and, and both of them were like, we don't like hearing our voices right back. <laughs> and I was like, well, get used to it because you guys are going to be a big part of this show. And I mean, where, where are you with that, by the way? Because I've actually got some tips for that as far as, because whenever you end up hearing your own voice, you kind of cringe a kinda little bit. Kind of cringe a little bit, yeah. Is, and is, is that where you're at or are you already I'm, passed that? I'm, I've kind of passed it a little bit. And I mean, not a lot of people know this, but my dad, he he's uh, the ministry, he's a pastor. And so he's now he's kind of transitioned the ministry to kind of more of an online based learning. So all of the members have almost been on a zoom. And so he's had to do the exact same thing as we're doing right now, almost kind of like uh, film things and record it. And then you get to hear it later on and mm-hmm. that's different. And so he's kind of helped me with that as well. You know, it's been, even the Bible studies will been able to, you know, be on there and then kind of see yourself later on on YouTube or on things. And you're like, wow, that's what I sound like. And, but for me personally, I feel really good about it. I, I, Still think it's kind of weird to hear my voice, but I think um, this podcast is going to really help me kind of, you know, get through that threshold. It really is, because when I when I got started in my radio career, it was rough. I'm like, oh, I would cringe the minute I would I would play, <laughs> play it back on, you know, the software that I was using and and having to edit out my own stuff. And I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. But as you go along, you just get used to it. So you is just like kind of just got to sit there and take it. Huh? Is that like an auto-tune or something? Can we, like, make my voice a little bit, like, smaller, deeper? I, what can I, we, nah, I, can make, I can make you sound like a chipmunk if you want, man. I'm I messing mean, with there's, you. There's, there's like, ways to do that. that. I'm sure my brother's going to be cracking up when he hears this because this dude, is he's a he's a character. He's um really, really different. He's funny. He's, He's everything that I'm not in the music world, especially because this dude, like, he literally has tried to, uh, he's tried to make beats. He's tried to do a couple of different things just for fun, by mm-hmm. the way. He yeah. has a computer and stuff, and he's made different beats, and I'm, he's actually pretty good at it. And sometimes he'll mess around with the auto-tune on his computer, and he'll have me come get on the track. He's like, dude, you can't rap, but I can't, you know, and it's just the truth. But this dude, he's really, really good at that as well. And sometimes he'll make my voice sound funny, and I'm like, dude, why you got to do that to me, you know? <laughs> But it's it's all because I don't like you know hearing myself on uh, on on camera or even you know on audio. But I guess I got to get used to it, like you said, Trev. Doesn't Solomon Enos do something similar to that? Doesn't he have like a you know computer where he does he yeah has like his own beats? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, not nah, solo. He's really good. I think I've actually heard one inside of the inside of the locker room. He was playing him one day, and we were all kind of walking through. We we're like, who is that? Like we haven't yeah, ever yeah, heard this. Kind of like bopping head a little bit, a little bit. And I was like, who is this? He's like, this is my beat man. And I was like, all right, but nah, he he's really good at that. Um, I think there's another guy on the team. I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but now we've got we got a good collective of wide variety of talents, you know, in our in our locker room. One day I'm I'm going to ask you, you know, the best talents of certain things of each guy on the team, or of you know who's like the best singer, who's yeah. the best dancer, who's the best, you know, all that stuff. Because you guys are all really good at what you do on the field. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting to get. But people the, have hidden talents, and absolutely. I can think of a couple of guys right now, but I won't spoil that. I just wanted to uh, touch on faith because faith is is a big part of what you do. I'm also a man of faith as well. How has faith shaped you into being a football player, and and how does faith help you throughout a football season? Great question. I think you know faith 
um, to me. And my parents did a great job elaborating and explaining on that. But, you know, faith is just, you know, believing in what's not seen. Like, literally, it's kind of self-explanatory. But for me, it's like I believe in God and I believe that he can do tremendous things and miracles. Miracle worker. And he's our Savior. He's Christ our Savior. And just my belief in that, you know, I believe in, you know, that I'm... Uh, reflection of what he does of his good works and I can do the things you know in his name I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so like my faith just lies in my hard work um the ability to consistently every single day like my coach talk about being consistent doing the same thing every day working hard coming into work and not having any drop off and then you know we lined up on game day and we got faith in that hey we've done our work we've done those things and you know and our faith in God is going to get us through that I'm sure faith played a lot into your decision to join the Utes. That's right. Because you weren't a Ute right off the bat coming out of high school. You were originally committed to play for the for the Buckeyes. That's right. And then you ended up, you know, leaving them saying, ah, thanks, but no thanks. You didn't enroll yet. You just, you just verbally committed. Yeah. And then you uh, you uh, chose to come to Utah, which made a giant splash yeah. among all the Ute fans. Because once, once they all found out that you were not going to be a Buckeye, they're like, oh, I don't know if there's a chance because yeah. people still think that Utah, at least some fans have, think that Utah is still kind of that that little brother whenever it comes to recruiting yeah. over the last few years. And I think you kind of paved that way yeah. where Utah is now you know, getting guys like Ethan Calvert, Mason Tufaga, mm, that's real. guys like that who are like the four-star highly touted recruits. Obviously, none of them have actually been, been ranked higher than you, but they're close. But as you look at that, just kind of walk us through that whole process. So first, you were a Buckeye. What first led you to be a Buckeye? And then what ultimately changed your mind to where you wanted to open up the recruitment again? So great question, Trev, man. You do a great job thinking, like, I've gotten that question, but not that, not in that. Uh, I have had so many thoughts of what I <laughs> wanted to talk about with you go through my head over the last week. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, so, man, you know, so Faith Family Football, I'm going to keep on tying it back in because this is perfect. It makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And so because of my family, man, because of, you know, who, you know, we are and how close-knit we are, because of my faith, um, we we literally, we we said, hey, we're going to commit to school. We're going to be, you know, fully committed. And it's not going to, you know, we're going to be all in. And so when looking for the school that was going to be possibly my destination, I looked for, you know, coaches of faith. I looked for, you know, coaches that valued family and then coaches that love what they do. You know, it was a turnoff to see coaches that, you know, just kind of hopped around and it's not a knock, knock to anyone, but it's just, you know, we know it's a business, but to see that it was more of like, okay, those aren't the values that we're looking for. And so when looking for a school, we really wanted to be a part of something that was real. Um, wanted to be a part of, you know, coaching staff and a, and a family that, really, you know, had my best interest. And so when we, you know, landed on the Buckeyes, it was like, you know, Jeff Halfley, he was the D coordinator and DB coach at the time. He was like, he was the, he was our guy. He was like what we felt like was the ideal situation. Ryan Day, great man, another one. He made us feel at home. He made us feel like, hey, you know, you're you're going to be a part of this thing. You know, you're part of the family. Um, we believe he had a faith. We believe Jeff Halfley as well. And then, you know, just the way that they conducted themselves on and off the field, like with the players, the interaction with us, with the recruits, it was, it was real. It, it was, it was, I would say organic. Um, and then it was, you know, it just felt, it felt, it felt really, really good. And then, you know, the, the university, we also wanted to be a part of something that was really good on the football aspect and the football side of things. We wanted to be a part of something that, you know, could turn into something special and somewhere I could get out from. And so when we landed on them, it felt really good. We were committed for a little while, you know, silently for a little bit. And then for about a year or so after. And so, about I'd say about a month before signing day, 
maybe about three, four weeks, you know, I had already been talking to Coach Shaw every single Sunday for for the longest time. Um, even even throughout the whole time that you were committed to the Buckeyes? Uh, every now and again. Um, of course, when I did commit to the Buckeyes, we had that conversation like, hey, this is where I move on my recruitment. But now our conversations kind of transitioned from football to more family, and that's what I felt like was special about Coach Shaw. He was able to, you know, have a real relationship with me. At the time, I was a recruit, but he realized that I was more than that. Just a kid trying to get to his school at the next level. And then, you know, I looked at him almost as a second pops because I was able to talk to him about things that, you know, sometimes, you know, I just wanted to learn about or things that were going on in my daily life. And he was he played a big part of my life early on. And even before I stepped foot on campus, that's why I felt so confident in my decision, you know, my relationship with him, my relationship with Coach Whittingham, you know, and then other members of the staff at University of Utah made it really, really easy for me to say, you know what, when the D coordinator, Jeff Havley, called me, you know, a couple weeks before signing and said, hey, man, I'm taking that head coaching job that I said that I might end up taking, that, you know, if I got the opportunity I'd take. When he said that, I was like, all right, well, as good as I feel about you, um, the rest of the staff and the university, I got to make the decision that's best for me and as we know, I felt really, really good about Coach Shaw, Coach Whittingham, uh, University of Utah, and then I wanted to be a part of great of a great defense. And I had been seeing what they were doing, you know, for years. And so seeing Jalen Johnson, and mind mind you, this is before the draft. Yeah. So before the draft, you know, so every yeah every Buckeye fan man when I did committed was like, you're not like why go to you know little brother program? Hey, this is this is crazy. Like they're not going to get anyone to draft. And what ended up happening, Trevor? Jalen Johnson guys? got drafted. Jalen Johnson got drafted, right? That's right. And what do we have? Nine other guys get drafted or something? You also had two safeties Yep. Um, in uh, Julian Blackman, who used to be a corner. Yep. And uh, also Terrell Burgess. Yep. And then you also had uh, Josh Nurse landed on, on a roster and it kind of bounced around as well. But yeah. he ended up playing opposite of, of Jalen. That's right. And so, and you know, bringing it back to where I was, man, and where I was in the process, I just felt I felt really, really good and really, really solid on on that. And so when I did commit and I ended up enrolling, I mean, I think a week after, a couple of days after I came up to Utah and shoot, I was in the dorms, man, right away. And so, of course, being, you know, young, younger at the time and younger in my decision making, I felt like that was like one of my first big, big decisions. And so I was really, really nervous. I was calling my parents, you know, every day and I was like, you know, just want, I just wanted that gratification. I wanted that clarity. I wanted that, you know, reassurance. And so, you know, immediately I kind of got on my knees and I prayed to God. And I tell Shaw this story and I get the chills thinking about it because we both, me and Coach Shaw, we both, you know, we tear up every time we talk about it because it's so special. You know, we, um, I, I asked God for, for reassurance. I asked him to show me if I made the right decision. And almost like a movie where you're like, God, show me that this is real. And something magically happens. And so as soon as I prayed within, I'd say about, Two two weeks to a month, every school that was in my top five, the DB coach had left. Yep, every every school that I was considering flipping to. So this is this is actually coming out of high school. Yeah. So you hadn't committed to the Buckeyes yet. I hadn't okay. committed. So this as soon as I had decommitted from the Buckeyes, I had a new top five, and I had some schools that I was like, okay, you know what? Here's where you know I can go. Here's where I feel like I can you know come and make an impact. Here's where you know I have good relationships with. This wasn't even including Utah. Utah was kind of like, okay, I feel really, really good about the program. I can go here, and I feel really good about the staff, and I feel like I can go here and you know and compete to win a job. And then I just love the the program, and I love the university. Can't wait to go there. But I had a top five that I felt really good about as well, which All was of, I had Oregon in there. I had Texas A and M. I had you know Penn State, um, UCLA. 
and then there was one more. But all of those schools, all of those schools, there might have been even six. Uh, Cal as well. There was oh, Cal. Okay. My dad really, really did like Cal. But all of those schools in my top five, man, all of the DB coaches, not any other coach, just the DB coaches had left within two to three weeks. And I felt like that was God showing me, hey, you made the right decision. You're good. Wait, so when you decommitted from the Buckeyes, yep. Utah wasn't even in, in your top five in that in, in that recruitment Utah yet? Was, Utah was in my was in my top five. It's kind of weird, but I I, I wasn't – I'll just say I wanted to kind of keep the, the list open and I wanted mm-hmm. more opportunity and more, you know, more of kind of a wide variety of different options. I felt really, really good about Utah, but Utah was always in the mix. And I felt like, you know, whether I mentioned them or not, you know, I was going to be good. And the coaches understood what I wanted, and Coach Shaw already knew what it was. And so – I included schools in my top five that were a possibility, if that makes any sense. And so I kind of like, and so when that happened, that's when I was like, okay, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm not, not any other school, not my top 10, not, it was just the schools in my top five. All of the DB coaches had left. It was just, it was the craziest occurrence to me. And this all happened within two weeks to a month, you know, of me being on Utah campus. So it wasn't one of those things where you're like, Ryan Day, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. To, hey, Coach Shaw, I'm coming to Utah. It it was a process. Yeah, it really was, and it was a tough one, and it was a lot of prayers, a lot of tears. It was it was tough, man, and because you know when you're committed to a program for so long, and you're when you grow up and with the values that you know, kind of I have and my family has, you know, like you commit to a program. It's not like you know the typical recruit that's trying to you know do things for certain reasons and all that stuff. We were really committed, you know, and. We really, you know, I really did think I was going to be enrolling a week after, you know, I was going to be signing the papers. And so it's just crazy the way it happened. And so that's why I needed to, we had to, we almost even, we considered, you know, waiting, you know, not coming in early because I didn't want to make just a rash decision. Yeah. And I told my family and I was like, you know what, I feel good about Coach Sean. I feel good about Coach Whittingham. I've been talking to him for the last couple of years now. And, you know, over these last couple of months, I've been talking to Coach Shaw every Sunday. You know, we talked every Sunday, you know, not even about football, just about life. And I tell him about seven on seven tournaments that I went to tell him about, you know, girls that I was talking to, you know, he was in there for all of those situations and for all those, you know, memorable moments. And so when I, when this, when Ohio state, you know, when those things happened and when my coach said that he was going to be taking his, you know, opportunity at Boston college, I was like, well, is God trying to show me something? Do I need to go to Utah is, you know, cause I was talking to coach Shaw, not even knowing that, you know, this was a possibility at the end of it, you know, because I'm already I'm thinking that I'm going to be committing or that I'm going to be signing the paperwork, you know, a week from now. I didn't I had no idea that Jeff Halfley was going to be, you know, heading, t- out the door. Yeah, heading out. And so when it happened, I'm like, huh, interesting. So I had a top five on standby. Me and my me and my family talked about it. We're like, so what do you think? My mom really liked Texas A&M. Coach Terry Price or Coach Price was over there and he really did love her, loved us. And he's like, Dude, this should be a no-brainer, you know? And so guys like that. And then, you know, I love Cal. My dad loved what they stand for. He felt like that was a good opportunity there. He was pretty coy about the whole situation. Um, and so when it happened, I'm like, this is where I see you guys. And my family's, you know, like they kind of told you, they've always backed me in every decision that we've all made, you know, and every decision I made. And that was like my first big one. So you never thought out of all of the letters – all of the offers, all of the phone calls, all yeah. of the emails, all of the swag that you got, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've got shirts from every school in the yeah. country yeah. that you thought that you would be landing and playing your college football career at the University of Utah. Man, I would have never thought, and I always tell people, 
two, three years ago, if you would have asked me where I would have been, I wouldn't. Utah wouldn't have been the first school that came to mind, you know. And if you would have said Utah, I would have said, "Wait, what do you mean? Like Utah out of all schools?" And just because you know, in the recruitment, you you know, you're kind of propped in a way. You know, three years ago, I was in a whole different situation. Three years ago, I was being recruited, you know, by Alabama, by schools like that, by Clemson, and I had just gotten those offers. So it was like, dang, I think I'm going to go to Alabama. I think I'm going to. And so as you go through the recruitment process, you, you know, you fall in love with schools, you fall out of love with schools. And early on, I really did love Clemson, and my dad loved him. He's like, <sighs> playing for Dabo, huh? Yeah. He's like, look at their DBs, look at their corners. And I'm like, I love it. And so they got some dudes. And I'll say one thing, man. And, I'm just honestly so grateful for, you know, the way my that my recruitment process went. Um, I started getting recruited super early, so I was able to almost, like, mature and kind of grow up, you know, from, you know, my sophomore year. Earlier my sophomore year is when I got my first offer, UCLA. I was going to say, who was that? UCLA. My mother graduated from there, so that was super hard for that, me to kind of awesome. X out of the cross yeah. the top five. And so when they offered me, it was like, okay. How far out was Utah from that? When, they were when, about when did they offer, offer number you? three, I believe. Really? I think they were offer number three. Because I know that Kyle Whittingham and them really try to get early on, on yeah, these recruits. Yeah, they were two or three, I believe. And my dad probably knows the the number. My dad follows, you know, all that stuff really, really closely. And he knows a lot of the things that I don't know, you know, the back end stuff. And so now they, I think they were three or four, two or two or three probably, um, really, really up there. And so when they offered me, you know, it, it got to a point where I was getting a lot of offers early on. And I'm just thankful that I went through that, you know, oh, I've got all these offers phase, you know, early on in my process. So by the time it was time to make a decision, all of that, you know, the hype and that type of stuff, it wasn't weighing on my mind. I could care less, and that's what I'm thankful, you know, for my dad. He kind of raised me and my brother in a way that we don't really care what people think. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, kind of moving in a direction that you feel like is best for you, what people think is, like, the least of our worries. And that's kind of how my dad really kind of raised me and my brother. I'm thankful for that because it would have been hard to, you know, move in a direction like this you know, for a lot of other kids. But for me, it was like by the time I got to my senior year, junior year, late junior year, senior year, I was like, I'd be fine with going to, you know, just the school, the school of my dreams and the school that's best for me rather than any school, you know, that the fans feel like I should be going or, you know, you know, I I was getting ridiculous amount of comments on my post day. You need to be here. You need the Crimson Tide, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you get a lot of little that. do you know. And people, you know, quoting conversations that I'd had with Saban and saying certain things. I'm like, uh, they don't know that they're not in my top five right now. But hey, that's for them to figure out when I'm enrolling. And so my biggest thing was I just want to get into college. You know, the fact that Oregon was in your top five and you didn't go to Oregon makes you fans really, really happy. Yeah. Because Oregon has come into the state of Utah and taken the top talent from this state oh, to go to Oregon. His, what's his name? Uh, corner, right? There's a couple of them. There's uh, Jeff Bossa from Kearns High School. Yeah, I remember him. He, he um, went. So did uh, a couple of old linemen that, that were number one and number two. Uh, Jackson Light, but I think he goes by Jackson Powers now. Um, and then uh, Kingsley Suamatea. Wow. And then there's, uh, yeah, so Oregon's got at least three of the top ten players from the state of utah just in this last recruiting class so so to see that you had them in your top five and you didn't go to oregon i think makes them happy yeah most definitely and now oregon is a great program um you guys are playing them this year yeah yeah most definitely i can't wait for that man and i got some friends on our roster one in chris hudson great receiver up there joshua delgado i mean the list goes on and now, they were a great program. Well, I love their uniforms. I took about two or three visits. I forget how many, man, but I took a couple of visits there, and 
every single time the uniforms almost got an instant commitment. <laughs> the, the Phil Knight, them, man. the Phil Knight connection yeah. is absolutely Nike, real yeah, in it's, it's up in It really is. It really is. Couple of things. One of the ties between the Buckeyes and the Utes is Urban Meyer. That's right. Did you have any conversations with Urban while you're being recruited? Um, a couple of conversations, but primarily I was talking to Coach Day because um, he wasn't technically, I don't think, in office at mm-hmm. the time. But um, Coach Day was like he was more the mouthpiece for that for that staff, being that he was the interim head coach at the time, I believe, or the head coach. Um, so he was talking to me and he was talking to my family uh, daily, I'd say daily, weekly, I and mean, he was just talking to us constantly and even. From the middle to the beginning to the end of the process, they constantly tapped in with us and made sure we were good and stuff. And so I was so it was so hard to detach. You know, just when you build a relationship with someone, anyone, you you kind of it feels it's hard to step away. And so, um, but they were just completely understanding um, to the to, to down to the wire. I mean, down a couple hours before I signed, you know, with Utah. They knew what it was going to be, and I talked to them, and I felt like I owed them that, just like they owed me the the conversation of letting me know that hey, I'm moving on. Jeff Halfley. So I was super grateful for what they did for me and my family, you know, um, throughout that process. What was your number one reason why you picked Utah? Family. I felt at home, Utah, man. I Honestly, I can say that, you know, even before I stepped foot. Not a lot of people know this, but I didn't even take a visit until wow. until the official visit weeks before signing day. The fact that I was able to feel that comfortable, you know, with just conversations and mind you, I'd taken about 30 to 40 visits, you know, everywhere in the country. And so just that the warmth that I felt with the university, the warmth that I felt with the staff, Coach Shaw, um, even with Coach Galley prior to me even meeting him, just, you know, hearing his voice and talking to him, FaceTime Coach Shaw all the time and all that different stuff. And then, you know, with Coach Whittingham, I felt really, really tight. And Coach Freddie Whittingham as well. Yeah, He was my primary recruiter early on in the process. Then it kind of transitioned to Coach Shaw. But just the comfort that I felt with the entire staff. And then even before I went down there and I discovered snow for the first time, you know, when I came <laughs> down here, like I, the warmth that I felt literally, you know, was it, it was amazing. It was a blessing. And, man, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful I'm out here now. Now I'm, you know, used to the snow. I like to say we're gonna get some in a couple of months or probably a couple of weeks, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, we've had it as early as October yeah. and as late as April, so I May, get June. My, sho- my shovel and my rake, right, from my car. Well, just just get that. Uh, just get some, some of your teammates out there to help you out with that, right? All right. We got one more segment. You want to talk about some Camp Kyle? Let's do it. All right, Camp we'll Kyle. do that coming up on the other side. It's Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips. Family and Football with Clark Phillips, the first ever episode. So happy to get this show rolling. And make sure you guys follow Clark on, on Instagram and Twitter. Give out your handle again. Clark Phillips Third on both Instagram and Twitter. So you guys can find him there. Um, he will be changing his number when Solomon Enos leaves, by the way. That's right. He, he, he's number eight right now. And he's, he's obviously number one in, in your heart. <laughs> but he will switch to 21 when Solomon Enos. Because of the whole special teams thing, right? Yep, that's right. So me and Solo uh, both participate on all the special teams. Um, we're, we're heavy contributors on special teams. So because of that, I have to be number eight um, because he's number 21 and two numbers of the same, uh, two of the same numbers can't be on the same special team. So, so what numbers were available to you when you found out you had, that you had to change numbers? Um, I think there was eight. There was like 33. There was 
like that's Jalen's number right now in the NFL, but I yeah. didn't know that before. Um, there was like I don't know. 20. By the way, also thirty three is kind of like meant for like the punters usually because yeah. yeah. like Tom Hackett had that, Mitch yeah. had it yeah. when he was there. There were some interesting numbers, man. Not a lot of singles, and so when I saw eight, I was like. Okay, I wore number eight. Eight still means a lot to me now, Trev. I wore eight, you know, early on, Pop Warner, and, and um, then I wore it again, I want to say, later in my Pop Warner career. Um, but eight was, I think, one of my first numbers. After number one, my first flag football year, eight was my first number. There right? you go. And tackle. My dad will probably call me after and say, hey, eight was actually your second number. Eight was your third number because he knows the exact, you, you know, years and numbers and how they Dad's always know that stuff. But um, I wore eight sometime in my Pop Warner career. I'll say that. Well, there you go. And uh, so just to now touch on camp, you guys are in the middle of camp. How big of a grind is fall camp? Fall camp is serious, and it's it's a daily it's a daily it's a daily beast, and it's, it goes on from the start of the you know from the break of dawn to you know to till till dark pretty much. How how busy is your guys' schedule daily during camp? Really, really busy. It's 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 busy, but it's it's fun. When you love what you do, man, you, you don't feel like you're really working. As far as you know, it's it's tough. It's it's a daily grind. Your body gets beat up. Your body gets tired. But they make sure that we're doing the things recovery wise to kind of you know keep everything in check. I will say, um, it's Monday through Saturday. Um, it's fun. Saturdays are scrimmage days. Usually, um, we had a great one yesterday. Um, but it's 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 a grind. It's a grind. But I love it. And so sometimes these days add up and they stack up. Like you know, you'll ask me at the end of the week what day it is, and I'm like Monday. you know a couple days ago i caught myself doing i'm like dang it's because you know you don't really look at your phone as much my parents get upset at me because i don't really use it as much and i turn it off and i go to sleep and i'm back up at 4 a.m doing yoga and so my parents are calling me at 9 30 or 10 and i'm knocked out already i'm already snoring because two i value sleep and i need it for my body doctor said i might have another inch Really? <laughs> yeah, they they said that, and so who knows? Take um, that and run with it. Yeah, right. I I really do need it. Nah, I won't, I won't say I really need it because nah, I, mean, I work on every other. You're still very yeah. very athletic. Yeah, and all I that, jump yeah. ridiculously high, but you know, another inch wouldn't be. I wouldn't, you know, be mad. So I'd still try to sleep. In Nobody it. would. I would. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if I got another inch. Yeah, but primarily it's just for the recovery and just you know for the for the body and stuff and. I feel like, you know, it can't hurt you. Well, you ended up opening up the door about the scrimmage. Yeah. They made Witt available. Yeah. They made Nick Ford, Devin Lloyd, Britton Mika. Covey, and, and Mika Tafua available to us. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sounds like the offense had a better day. The offense did really well, Trev, and I'm biased. I'm on the defense side. Ob- of ball, obviously. But um, the offense, you know, contrary to scrimmages prior i'd say me being a competitor we usually get the best of them but they definitely they did some great things and it's just special it makes me happy even though we were on the short end of the stick this time to to see our offense to come together like that and you know just see to see you know the quarterbacks doing their thing to see you know the receivers doing their thing to see the running backs doing their thing and it was just a collective effort you know that kind of really reflected you know what we've been kind of doing and what the coaches have been preaching during fall camp and during spring and all that stuff and it looks like it's all coming together for the better one of the things last year going into that covid shortened season well at least when we were talking about a season coming up because for a while the season was canceled yeah one of the big concerns for you fans and everything was having to replace the entire secondary yeah safeties corners nickel everything was gone Javelin was in the NFL, so was Jalen, yeah. Tariq Lewis, Josh Nurse, Terrell Burgess, Julian Blackman. They were all in, in the league or, or graduated. That was the big concern. Yeah. And everybody who was projected to start 
never had a college football, you know, D1, P5 start until the start of that season. Now that you guys had those five valuable games against Pac-12 opponents in 2020, how are you guys looking in fall camp right now, knowing that everybody except for Nate Ritchie's back? Man, so good, man. I, I'll just touch on it, you know, because I feel like it needed to be. And I said it, I think, in a couple of interviews a couple of days ago, but the secondary and specifically the, the defense as a whole, it, it's it's coming together. And we, I feel like we're starting to take on, you know, that persona and where where we are, you know, as as our culture and how we want our culture to be right now. It, it's starting to really come into full effect. And I feel like as we get inch closer to season, it becomes more defined. Like our secondary, we're trying to, you know, make more plays on the ball. And I feel like throughout practice, at least, we're we're starting to do that. And, you know, the scrimmage was really, really good for us because sometimes we need humbling and all that stuff was a blessing because, you know, with more plays made on offense, those guys are on scholarship too. Coach Shaw always reminds us, you know, they make a good play on us. Hey, they're on scholarship too. Let's get back up. Let's make another play. And so just having that perspective on it, you know, kind of gives us – hope for the next play and, and it gives us confidence as well and so now I'll just say that the defense man we we're excited we're excited because we don't even know what we can do but we have some goals how big of a leader is Devin Lloyd to you guys on that defense Devin Lloyd man he's special that dude is he's the same guy every day he consistently you know pushes everybody to be great you know no matter what position room you know he leads by example sometimes it, you know leading it's not even you don't even say anything. Sometimes he just shows it. It's just like, you know, I pull up to the facility to try to be the earliest and I see Devin's car out there. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be here earlier. Pull up the next day a little bit earlier, Devin's still there. And I you know, and so just little things like that that he does to kind of lead by example, you know, is what makes him special. On that flip side, I would ask you about the quarterbacks, but you really don't know because yeah. you're you're keeping your eyes on, on that wide receiver. Right. How are the wide receivers looking? Because I, I know that that was one of the big concerns coming in when Brian Thompson left and yeah. when and when Samson left um and you're you're gonna be facing both of them because they went to teams that you guys will be playing this year that's right but you guys also got Theo Howard you also got Minerva McLean Britton Covey Salman Enos and Devon Vele those are kind of the main guys how, how are the wide receivers looking right now man great um just seeing all those guys from from day one of camp to you know to now the development you know in which that they've taken has been a big step that they've taken has been great um I think that we have I think probably I think I saw Britton Covey say this as well but about six guys that can make plays consistently um and all of those guys I feel like have already done it and some of them are are, can't can't wait to show it and I just feel like they all you know can bring something to the table that's you know different and unique from the from the next man but also you know it's gonna it's gonna really help us as a team and I feel like yeah, everyone's gonna. Everyone on that offensive side of the ball, receiver wise, is gonna do something special because we got some special guys. I mean, and Theo Howard, Munir McLean, you got Britton Covey. You know, you got guys that are vets in the game, and you got guys that are trying to make a name for themselves. And so, I'm excited to see what they do. You and also it's fun competing with them. You you also room with a running back. Yeah, there's four guys competing for that job right now. That's right. And Kyle Whittingham said that Tavion Thomas is comparable to Derrick Henry. He is. That's insane. He is. Nah, he that dude is ridiculous. He's uh he's all of six two and a half, six three. Um he's pretty pretty big dude. He's heavy, he's got a lot of muscle, a lot of mass, and I mean just seeing, you know, 
every every live extensive live period of practice he's he's a tough guy to bring down I've, I've seen it on the defense side of the ball and you know that's why we kind of you've also probably had to help out trying to yeah, bring him down yeah, right yeah we we preach to rally to the rock you know and so all of us are, are trying to be in all 11 hats literally are trying to be in on that Tavion tackle and so and the assist only goes to two three guys so that's the tough part about it but nah like Tavion, um, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, um, and then my roommate Makai. All those dudes have done special things throughout camp. There's still a little bit more. There's still a lot more camp actually to go. But um, it's just special to see. You know, when you got a special room like that with four or five guys that can possibly take over the show at any moment, you you kind of you kind of sit at the edge of your seat every practice. I'm like, you know, even though I'm on the defensive side of the ball, sometimes you sit back and when we're not in, I'm like, dang, just kind of spectate for a little bit. Like, all right, these guys are really really good, you know. And so it's fun to watch, but I just can't wait for season, man. And I can't wait to see what these guys do because we know how fall camp went last year and there was unique things. But, you know, we saw who ended up really taking, you know, the, the majority of the lead and majority of characters or carries after, you know, the first couple of games. And that was special. And so I'm curious to see who really takes over game time, too. And you're talking about Ty Jordan, who tragically passed away on, on Christmas night in yeah. Denton, Texas last year. We will talk about Ty as, as we get closer to the season because I know you guys are going to have some plans to honor him. That's right. You guys have already done something where you guys have his locker is full. Yeah, his locker w- with his jersey he's got and pads. His loop, his jersey. Um, so our loops consist of basically our workout gear and our practice gear, cleats and stuff. And so we've got all of his stuff inside of his locker, and it's right by the exit, right by the entrance. So uh, whenever we come into the locker room, we'll see it. Um, whenever we leave, we'll see his, his stuff. And so I think it's going to be special. And you know, all the guys immediately will watch the video after we toured the locker room for the first time a couple days back we all you know were kind of tearing up because we knew how special he was to the family and how special he was on the field man he touched a lot of lives yeah and they actually showed uh footage on twitter the utah football did yeah about you guys watching that that highlight video yeah. on that giant jumbotron yeah. in that in that stadium yeah just what was going through your mind when you guys were watching that we're, we're not going to go too deep into ty because we're going to honor him as we get closer to the season, but but since you guys did watch that highlight video after after checking out the locker room, which by the way is freaking amazing, yeah, just what was going through your mind? Man, I was thinking of my man's contagious, you know, energy, his smile, um, his ability to kind of lift people. Man, after I got my pick six, man, he was the first man that came and ran over to me. He was like, "Man, you starting to look like me. You starting to look like my son out there." I, I just remember his vo- his word and his voice. He said that, and I watched that video over and over. I still got it on my phone. I just remember that dude. He really. He was as humble as they come, um, as, as competitive and as much of a dog as he was. He was as humble as they come, and he was a worker. The receivers didn't want to get work with me after practice. Or if they couldn't, you know, because they had meetings, that dude was like, CP, you want to get some releases? Dude would come, and he'd run by me because he's fast. <laughs> you know, and so that dude was special, man, and I just think about him sometimes, and I think about him especially now, and now every time we see that locker room, like, you know, yesterday, it was just special. I sat there for a couple minutes, and, I just kind of reflected and smiled on, you know, and thought about, you know, the times that the conversation that we've had, the deep and, and even just the, the small talk and the, the times he made me laugh and the times I made him laugh. And, man, I'm just blessed to have been touched by him. He's a special, special dude for real. Final thing, there's phases in camp. Yeah. You guys are excited to get going. That's usually like the first couple of days. Yep. When do you guys go into that phase of, okay, I'm ready to hit somebody else rather than hitting my own guys? Man, I'd say – from the start of camp, we're always ready to, you know, kind of take it out on someone else. But there's there's a point probably halfway through camp. I'd say Coach Whittingham calls these the dog days. We're far enough in to where your body's getting sore and stuff, but you're farther enough away to where it's like you got to kind of gut, you know, nut it, you know, kind of gut it out and kind of kind of go just hard. And you got to continue to come with the same energy. It can't be any drop off because we still got a little ways until the game, 
you know, as a, you know, as a unit. And so I'd say right now is when I start to kind of, you know, we're going to start to kind of focus on Weber State. You know, really, I was talking to Shaw, and now we're we're going to start to kind of aim our goals and our focus at, hey, we got to start game planning for the guys we're going to play September 2nd. And right now, I'm already kind of thinking, you know, whether I'm lined up against Theo Howard, you know, Solomon Enos, or Vele, you know, Devon Vele in practice, I'm going to be kind of thinking about that number 22 guy from Weber State that's super fast, forget his name. Um, Josh Davis? Yep, Josh Davis, I think. Um, but there's a couple other guys that, we're, you know, I'm going to be focusing they on. They do have a couple of good receivers, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, so that was, you know, whether, who, no matter who I'm lined up in practice, that's who I'm going to be thinking about, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can you believe that you're just under three weeks away from seeing a packed Rice Stadium for the first time in your career? It's going to be so special, and I, I think about it. I dream about it. When I dream about it, I get the chills, and I think about it. I'm like, oh, it's time to go, man. It's it, We're just so close, and I get antsy thinking about it because I know, you know what the team wants, and I know our goals, and I know my goals, and I just can't wait till it all you know, comes into fruition. First episode in the books, thoughts? And I loved it. This was so it was, it was really really organic. I love I love the way that we were able to kind of take it off. We were able to kind of hit a lot of different topics. We hit the the moral of our topics, the faith, family, and the football, man. And it was beautiful. I can't wait to keep this thing going, Trev. Appreciate you. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll catch up with you next week. Let's do it. Talk to you soon, Trev. There you go. That is faith, family, and football with Clark Phillips. It's powered by KSLSports.com. dot